0: Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is.
1: It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks post game show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand.
2: If you listened to the last Blackhawks live episode, we were trying to figure out the origin of the term Black Wednesday. Everyone's heard of Black Friday, but I grew up thinking that there was a Black Wednesday, the Black Wednesday before Thanksgiving. But I think today the Blackhawks could call this a bleak Wednesday, a 7-3 loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a game that Columbus got off on the right foot and never really turned around as they outscored the Hawks 4-0 in the second period. Hawks put up a good fight in the third, but it was too far, too late. For the Hawks to jump back in this one. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show. We're taking you up to 9.30 tonight on this Black Wednesday. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. But first, got to get on out to the Nationwide Arena and bring in Troy Murray, who was on the call with John Wideman tonight. In a rough loss where the Hawks see their losing skid now stretch out to five games. And Troy, unfortunately, this continues to be the same story. If if the start to this game is a little bit different Maybe the Hawks aren't looking back, aren't trying to generate things. But I am curious: how much do you think the fact that there were some late, uh, or I should say, early adjustments, because Corey Perry, Taylor Hall not being available, was kind of news quickly to the Hawks. How much of that was a factor today? Them having seven defensemen and eleven forwards.
0: No, I don't think it factors really into anything. It happens. A lot of teams do it on purpose. Um, you know. It, it, You always need to be prepared to play the games, even if you're not a healthy, if you are are planning on being a healthy scratch. And, um, you know, with Corey Perry's absence from the lineup, Taylor Hall not making the trip, um, you know, some guys had an opportunity and and, uh, I, I don't think it factored into it. You know, you, you, you have to pay attention on the bench because you're mixing and matching some lines. There was really no set line combinations a lot of time on the fly there because you're just making adjustments. Uh, seven defensemen, you try and get everybody involved. Look at maybe some of the numbers here Zaitsev. That uh, didn't seem like he played a whole lot. Yeah, he was uh, just under 10 minutes uh, of ice time there. But, you know, you got to try and get everybody involved. And uh, I don't think it was a factor. It just uh, wasn't the start that the Hawks were looking for. Disappointing in that regard.
2: Yeah, and the game was pretty much lost by the third period. But I guess you do have to give the Hawks credit for what we were saying earlier. Hopefully they can do something to pull some type of positive into the next game. Do you, do you feel like they took advantage of the third period with Columbus kind of... Uh, like you said, the the jackets seemed to get a little sloppy there towards the end.
0: Yeah, I mean they lost their focus. They they, they just kind of, you know they had a very comfortable lead heading into the third period. It was seven to one, so there was really wasn't any jeopardy of them losing this game. But I think they when that happens, you kind of just lose your focus a little bit because you're up by so much. And I thought the Blackhawks, you know, they competed, they worked hard. It's not a this isn't a matter of them not trying hard. They just have to be a little bit smarter in certain areas. Yeah, you know if you look at peter Mrazek in this game it just he'd, he'd been great all season long and this just wasn't his night the f- first couple goals you look at boone jenner's f- kind of just tucked it from behind the net and somehow it got in behind um Mrazek, the long shot from Kid branson he's got one of the harder shots in the nhl but that's a shot that you should be able to handle and then boone jenner again in close on the power play goes up to the back end and there was a little bit of space up over the shoulders so you know he didn't play all three of those particularly well and it's it's tough when you're in the position that the Blackhawks are in that you know you want to get those big saves early on you knew that Columbus was going to come up with a solid effort right off the bat and they you just weren't able to match it you didn't get the saves that you're looking for to keep yourself in a position to to compete in this game and you know you look at 14 minutes in there this game you're down three nothing and again you just can't chase it you know three uh, three goals first one was under three minutes and you're in a position where the Blackhawks don't want to be I think it's the fifth or sixth time here in the last seven games, five or six or seven games, whatever it is, the Blackhawks have given up the first goal. So they, they can't keep chasing these games because they're just not playing you know, with that much confidence and not finding the back of the net as much as they would like to. So you got to be real smart, especially early on in the game, to to make sure that you keep it close and give yourself an opportunity, which they have for
2: the, the large part. The Conor Bedard goal was exciting. I mean, it was. His, his decision to shoot there, too, I mean... I, I feel like a few times this year we've seen him just kind of take the, the passive approach and dish off that puck, but he decided to shoot, he shot the puck, and it was a thing of beauty.
0: I, I want, he, he gets into that area and sometimes he, maybe because he's 18 and he, he's, he doesn't want to you know, shoot all the time, he wants to pass it off and, you know, and then look for some other opportunities, but when he gets into that middle of the ice area, he can drift away from players and still get a wicked shot away, and he finds that time and space once he gets to the middle of the ice area. I'd, I'd like to see him shoot that all the time rather than deferring it off to somebody else that's the, you know, he shoots from there first of all, if the goalie makes a save, there's probably going to be a rebound because it's coming in so fast that you can't absorb it, you can't figure out where it's coming from because of the release point of his shot, let him shoot those look for the second and third opportunities rather than trying to make a special play or a fancy play that really isn't there
2: all right, Troy. You excited for Turkey Day tomorrow? You I, same I appetite? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I love the day. Watch a little football and just relax. Find that spot on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> loosen the belt. Loosen the belt. No, you don't loosen the belt. You wear
2: sweats. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Are you uh, a dark meat or a, a white meat guy?
0: I'm a hundred percent white.
2: Okay. All right. I, I I like. I like both. I like to. Partake in both, but um,
0: no, I I I'd like to you know just the uh,
2: the white breast meat. Favorite side?
0: Uh, oh, mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the dressing. I love cranberry. The gravy. Um, so all the above. The
2: the, the uh, baked beans. Baked beans, okay.
0: That's... Not like the, the, the green beans,
2: they like okay. the green bean okay. casserole. Green bean casserole, yeah, that's that's a hot one at the dinner table all the time.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like them all. I, I like the sides. I've really come to like the sides probably more so than the turkey.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'd I join you there. All right, Troy, we'll let you go so you can get to your Thanksgiving celebration tomorrow. Thanks for the insight, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days.
0: You have yourself a wonderful Thanksgiving. Everybody back at WGN, all our listeners, uh, we appreciate uh, everything that everybody does for uh, our broadcast and those listeners out there. So everybody be safe and have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
2: Here, here, Happy Thanksgiving, Troy. All right. Thanks, Joe. And it's Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call tonight. It's the Hawks fall to the Columbus Blue Jackets, 7-3, a rough one over at the Nationwide Arena. This is... Um, One of the rougher losses on the season. If we are going to go there and compare this loss with the loss against Arizona, I think I would still take this game. Uh, Bedard scored the only goal in that Arizona game that was early. Actually, I think it was the first goal of the game, so then it was eight unanswered by Arizona. But, um, again, this isn't salvaging anything. This isn't, oh, this this over uh, or outweighs the negative. But the third period... The Hawks did take advantage of what they needed to take advantage of. Columbus kind of got a little sloppier. As Troy mentioned, they knew that they weren't going to lose this game, so uh, they weren't as desperate as they were before. They were uh, maybe playing a little bit more lackadaisical, and the Hawks did outplay Columbus in that third period. I'm not saying that, oh, look at that performance in the last 20 minutes and it saves the day, but at least it gives the Hawks something to work for or work towards for Friday's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is going to be no walk in the park whatsoever. I know the Hawks have already beaten Toronto, and this game happens to be at home, but it's still the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what pieces the Hawks might be missing on Friday. Again, they were without Corey Perry, without Taylor Hall in this game. And um, even though you don't want to use those as excuses, I do think they were uh, a bit of a factor in this one. Uh, our player with the most heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Reese Johnson. Johnson finished with five shots on goal today. He co-led the team, he and Boris Kachuk and Troy had given Boris Kachuk, uh the player of the game. Johnson also with three face-off wins out of four total, he picked up an assist, but I, I still think that that's his goal, the last goal the Hawks scored. They've credited Ryan Donato with it, but maybe they'll change things up because I don't think that Donato got a touch of the puck, at least not before it crossed the goal line um, when the Hawks scored the last goal of the game, making it 7-3. to But uh, I'd like to see what Reese Johnson brought to the table today as one of the guys that's sometimes fighting for playing time in this uh, Black Hawks roster, and that fourth line has been very interchangeable this year. So uh, again, we'll give it to Reese Johnson for tonight's game. At a rough loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, if you'd like to join us, 312 we've got Mike from Elmhurst tuning in, leaving Nationwide Arena. It says the 720 signal is here. Hooray for the postgame show as we head back to Chicago. That's pretty cool. Safe travels, Mike from Elmhurst. Yeah, I have heard some cool stories of how far the WGN radio signal reaches. I've got an uncle down in Nashville before, and he's told me that he's been driving home, and he's heard it clear as day. If uh, if you're out there listening, why don't you tell us where you're listening from. Again, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text. As uh, Not too much to pull from this one, if we're being completely honest. This was a really rough game, and the Hawks— uh, got off t- on the wrong foot immediately. A 3 nothing lead for Columbus. Uh, two goals by Boone Jenner. Uh, on goals that Peter Mrazek didn't play his best game, I- I'm sure I'm going to hear some of, uh, criticism of Seth Jones. We hear it basically every game, whether he has a good or a bad game. Didn't have a great game tonight. The one Boone Jenner goal, just uh, not strong enough of an effort to try and limit Jenner's a- attempt to score that goal. But really, not too many positives to pull from this one whatsoever. Uh, Somebody chiming in talking about Black Wednesday and calling it uh, a college slam turn for Blackout Wednesday. I know. I get it. I've heard that before. um, But I I still think that people call it Black Wednesday because um, all the college kids are coming home from college and, and hanging out with their friends. And as John mentioned earlier, please... Have fun responsibly during this stretch. I think this is probably one of the bigger days in terms of indulging and, and having fun. Just please make good decisions out there. It's very easy to call an Uber. It's very easy to call a Lyft, call a taxi, call a friend. Uh, do whatever you can to just make wise decisions in that regard. Don't need anything uh, messier out there than there already is. But... Um, I mean, I posed that phrase at the beginning of the post game show to kind of just summarize this rough loss to Columbus. And believe me, I get it. It's frustrating. It's, it's tough to hear the Hawks, and I'm, I mean the players, talk about how they need to play a full 60 minutes, how they got to get off to a good start, how they want to back up a good game with another solid performance, and then it just doesn't happen. Um, from the 330 area code, listening from Akron, Ohio. That's pretty cool. Tough loss, but hopefully we learned something. Yeah, I hope so too, but you can't just rely on hopefully the team learning something 17 games in. I'm sure a lot of guys in there are very frustrated with this constant state of performance where not everything clicks right away. And again, it's interesting because if this were the issue last year, I wonder how different of uh, how different we'd be reacting to this right now. Because last season, it just seemed like the Hawks had a lot more things figured out chemistry-wise and synergy-wise and playing hard for the majority of 60 minutes. And even when they'd slip for 10, 15, maybe even an entire period, you would understand because that's what's going to happen with a team that's not really built to be as competitive as you would hope for a, a playoff run. I know that's not exactly the situation this year, but there was still a lot of solid pieces added this season. And right now, it's just kind of one of those hockey things where it's not working out. And I don't know what the quick fix is, and I don't know if you necessarily need a quick fix, because this is still for the long haul. This is still part of a rebuild. This is still an overhaul of this organization trying to move forward and work the team around a couple of really solid young pieces. Connor Bedard scored again today. Had, I I think, a a decent game overall. Just quickly looking at the score sheet. Uh, He had two shots on goal. He finished as a minus one. He had three missed shots, one shot blocked. And he actually won more than half of his face-off. So that's another good statistic to see trending in that category. I just don't think we saw enough of him, Reichel, and Khrushchev to, to really break down how they did on the top line. I, I really would like to pull some more positives from the power play, but I just can't because there was not much structure. There weren't too many great entries. I thought they uh, had the power play going in the second period, and... I, I like the start of it. There was a lot of quick decision to just shoot the puck. A lot of that was focused on Philip Kurishev, and I like that. You ride with the hot hand. Kurishev now on a four-game point streak. He assisted Connor Bedard's goal. So the fact that they're setting him up, they're looking for him, and he's feeling the confidence to shoot, that's what you like to see. You like to see them rolling off of that. But unfortunately, power play never pulled through today. Um, again, Corey Perry, Taylor Hall not available today. Those are both pieces typically in the top power play unit. It looks like it was going to be Corey Perry um, as the net front presence on that top power play unit today, but again, he wasn't available. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. Right now we're going to take a call from John in Oswego, who's disappointed from the Hawks' effort. Go ahead, John. You're on WGN.
3: Yes, hi, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, it was just a a very uh, disappointing game. The Blackhawks just seemed to be flat on their skates right from the start uh, defensively with the mistakes and uh, goaltending. I know they made the switch. I've been a proponent of Morazic, as I said, after the last game, and uh, Soderbloom came in, and uh, he was kind of under the same conditions there, but uh, they need to really pick it up defensively. And uh, coaching-wise, it seems like as I said the other night, uh, to be more engaged. And it seems as though there's uh, numerous coaches behind the bench. I don't know what they're all doing, if if they're all playing a part at the ice level like that, but it just doesn't seem to be getting it done. Um, just hoping the Blackhawks can regroup. And this is a big uh, homestand, these three games starting uh, Friday afternoon against the Maple Leafs and hoping they can uh, find a way to just uh, get themselves back into this season. So thanks for taking my call, Joe, and uh, from Rogie and the Cat, I and Oswego. Uh, happy Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, John. Thanks very much. And uh, John, an avid listener and avid caller, we appreciate his insight. And, uh, yeah, I, I do remember John's call from the last game talking about Peter Mrazek and Arvid Sutterbloom. And uh, my position still stands there where Arvid Sutterbloom is, is – Being used this year to see what the Hawks have in him fully. uh, I don't think you can really blame him for the two goals that he coughed up today. This is just, this was a rough game overall, though. I don't think he used this game to really pinpoint uh, one specific player and for good or bad, really, except for guys like Boris Kachuk and and Reese Johnson, who uh, did show a pretty good, solid fighting effort. But again, I stand by using Mrazic for just as much time as you're using Arvid Sutterbloom. That, that 50-50 balance, I think, is important for right now because, aside from this game, again, we have had nothing but good things to say about Peter Mrazic. but aside from this game, he's been great. If he continues to be great, we could see him get moved. If that's the case, you want Arvid Sutterbloom to have as much confidence and just as much experience playing so often as you can so that he's not just thrown into the fire of playing... A lot more than he expected to here in the NHL. I think it's it's a good transitional period to see what they have in him. Um, I, I wonder other people who kind of have the same thought process of, of John, if their thoughts are changing a little bit because of Mrazik's day. But again, it, it just it wasn't his night. Uh, didn't get a lot of help defensively. Didn't get a lot of help from the entire team, but not his night either. Really the first time we can criticize his game of letting up any type of goals, whether they're soft or not. Uh, The coaching situation, again, this is the only time I've heard pushback on Luke Richardson and the coaching staff. I understand where it's coming from. I, I understand having the same problems over and over again this year At some point, you got to question, and I don't mean question like, oh, is Luke Richardson on the hot seat? Because I think we are eons away from that right now. But you do have to question, okay, why does this keep happening? We do know that Luke's got a very hands-off approach, and I mean that in a positive way. He kind of lets that room patrol itself. He he was such a a players-friendly coach. Before he was a head coach and continuing on when he was a head coach, but I think his time as a player, as a captain, like he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets, allowed him to really understand the flow of a dressing room and understand what works and what doesn't and what type of leadership can be beneficial. Again, when they hired Luke Richardson prior to last season, they weren't looking for the head coach to be in charge just for that year or this year. They're looking for the head coach to build a good camaraderie, a good foundation in the dressing room, moving forward, hoping for a turnaround of this organization. I still think that they have that in Luke Richardson, at least for what we've seen so far. And, I mean, kind of like Peter Mrazek this year, there really wasn't much to pick apart from Luke last season. A big reason to that is how good he did with that roster last year, and how ready he got that team often. It's just not happening right now with this team. I, I know there's different pieces, there's different responsibilities, and there's different personalities, and um, even some inconsistency with who's available. Like the fact that Taylor Hall is such an important piece on this roster, and it's been so hot and cold about whether they have him or not. I, I, again, it's not an excuse, but I do think it is a big factor. Rich is in Schaumburg. We'll take his call, and then we got to go to a break. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Rich says the Hawks had no heart tonight. Go ahead, Rich. You're on WGN.
3: Uh, I don't. I don't want to put down the Hawks as a group, but they're individually. There's no heart and soul guys on this team. You know, we we miss Domi. We miss DeBrinket. We miss Hagel. They fought and every inch of the ice when they're on there and they played offense and defense and they threw checks. I don't see any of that in this, in this Hawks group right now. And the fact that the coaches can't figure out who to put a captaincy on, what does that show for the, for the leaders of the Hawks?
2: Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for chiming in, Rich. Um, I I don't think that no captaincy is just the the coaching staff's choice. I I don't think that's the case at all. I think that comes from upper management, if not both. And I think they've left that alone because they expect Connor Bedard to be the next captain of this team, whether it's next year or the following year. Um, I, I've said this before, and, and I think a lot of people agree too. I mean, it's essentially the same thing they did with Taves. They knew that Taves was going to be their next captain. Uh, they left it alone. And uh, they're just kind of turning over the leadership of this organization, and they know that Conor Bedard's eventually going to wear that C. So that's why they didn't don it to anybody yet. They still gave the responsibility roles to Jones, Murphy, Foligno, and Perry, and to some extent Taylor Hall as well, uh, even though he isn't wearing the A. But all those other guys, being alternative captains or alternate captains for this year, I I don't I don't agree with that sentiment. Um, The lack of heart and mentioning the certain players like Domi, Dabrinkit, and Hagel. uh, Absolutely, with Domi and Hagel, and not that Dabrinkit didn't have heart. Obviously, Dabrinkit's one of the best hockey players out there right now. Um, But Domi and Hagel just have that grit, have that tenacity, have that Hard-nosed effort, especially Hagel, and that's a big reason why the Hawks were able to trade him for two first-round picks. This is something I was talking about with uh, one of the somebody with the Hawks saying other teams are looking for Brandon Hagel's. It's it's those depth, or it's those guys that are going to win those battles. The guys that you know didn't really earn, or I'm sorry, had to earn everything coming up. They didn't get anything for free. I mean, Brandon Hagel earned all the money, all the su- success that he has had. And he's done that by with a lot of heart, a lot of grit, a lot of intense hockey uh, in his NHL career. When he moved from the Hawks to the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was moving from the Hawks' top line to Tampa Bay's third or fourth line, kind of a depth guy, um, mainly on that fourth line to be that grinding line. He's on the top line for the Tampa Bay Lightning now, the team that's recently won a couple of Cups. That's how good Brandon Hagel is. I'm not saying the Hawks don't have a Brandon Hagel right now, but that is a high high bar that Hagel set. And uh, Domi was just very well liked in the Blackhawks dressing room. He meshed well. I think he really enjoyed playing with Patrick Kane. That obviously is uh, understood with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane. The Hawks have guys that have heart. They have guys that know how to play with that it's just not clicking right now, and I'm I'm honestly not entirely sure why. But um, the inconsistency is a factor. The playing in tough games uh, is a factor too. That's going to wear on a team. We talked about that last year. You, you constantly play teams that you're overmatched against that you need to bring a full sixty minute effort. Sometimes you do bring a full sixty minute effort, and you still come up short. That can wear on a team as well. We got more to get to. We're hoping to hear from Luke Richardson and. Maybe even a Blackhawk or two as the Hawks fall to the Columbus Blue Jackets big time. 7-3 over in Ohio. Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN.
0: Got it back to Khrushchev. In over the jacket, line left wing, drop pass. Bedard, top of the left circle. He fires. He
2: scores! What a shot by Connor Bedard!
0: Top right corner over the glove of Merzlikens. And for Connor Bedard, that's double digits. That's his 10th on the season. Gets the Hawks on the board. 3-1.
2: Definitely the most exciting part of the night, if you're a Blackhawks fan. Hawks' first goal of the night, but it ended up being just one of three, which came four shy of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks post-game show, 720 WGN. Uh, some quick updates. We do have sound from Luke Richardson. We're going to play that in just a moment. But reading on Twitter, and thanks to our producer Jack Heinrich as well, uh, informing me that Luke Richardson let the media know that Corey Perry was a healthy scratch before today's game. That's why he was unavailable. That is an interesting move. I want to get in on that. I want to talk uh, about that and also hear from Luke Richardson. But really quick, let's go to Devin. He's in Payless Hills and wants to know about the Hawks going after William Nylander. Go ahead, Devin. You're on WGN.
4: Hi, Joe. I called in the other day about uh, Joey Anderson because I'm concerned about the uh, the scoring on, the, on this offense. And I was wondering... Uh, With the Maple Leafs just signing uh, Matthews to that monster extension, do you think they're going to be able to afford him this offseason? And if not, do you think Kyle Davidson is going to uh, potentially go after him to solve the uh, scoring issues on this offense?
2: I do think they have enough to afford him. I'd be surprised if they went after him. I know 28 years old, he's a free agent after this season. Um, But I I don't know if the Hawks are that ready to accelerate this rebuild immediately heading into next year. I think if they do go ahead and acquire a guy like Nylander or someone of his caliber, that'd be a, a pretty bold move. Um, I wouldn't be against it, but I also don't know if I'm going to get my hopes up for that either.
4: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I do think that it would certainly extend or ex- ex- make this rebuild go by a lot faster, but with uh, you know Alex Nylander's experiment failing, uh, I don't know if I want to give the Nylanders uh, another look in Chicago.
2: <laughs> well, you're talking about two totally different Nylanders, but but I understand <laughs> what you're saying. That, all
4: right. that is right. I mean, the, the Michael Michael Nylander, you know, that wasn't too bad. But uh, Alex kind of left a, a sour taste in my mouth, uh, and uh, I think a lot of other fans will agree with me on that one.
2: Devin, I appreciate you always chiming in. Take care, okay? You have a
4: wonderful Thanksgiving, all right? You too.
2: That is Devin from Payless Hills. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Um. Again, Luke Richardson talking with the media uh, said that Corey Perry was a healthy scratch. Let's hear from the head coach. General comment on the game tonight?
1: Uh, it's not a not a fun one, that's for sure. I thought, um, for whatever reason, I think we just didn't move our feet well at, early in the game, and and they were motivated uh, to do that, and you know, a couple of, uh, weird bounces on the goals that that didn't help either uh, in the first period, but. You know, the second period, was really no excuse for that. I think we collapsed and we started chasing around and uh, on the wrong side of the puck. And pretty much everything that we were not supposed to do, uh, we kind of fell into the trap of doing. So, you know, I think we talked to the players and... Uh, there's ups and downs in the season and i think uh this is obviously a down part but you can only get back up if we take the next step and the, so I, I did like a little bit of their uh you know fight in the third period um it's the first step of, of what we said that we have to get back to how we're going to play and uh you know we're never happy with that but we're, we were happy to see that that they didn't just lie down in the third period that they wanted to push back and try and get back to where we know we can play better hockey
2: can you um Give an update on why Corey Perry was not in the lineup tonight?
1: No, just an organization decision, a healthy scratch tonight. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, the players, unfortunately, went, went out there. We were uh, 11 and 7 and, and uh, we just didn't get the job done. Really plain and simple.
2: What did you think of Connor Bedard's goal? How did it look like from your perspective?
1: Definitely, that's that's how he scores his goals. Uh, I would like to see him maybe shoot that puck like that on the power play a little bit more. Um, but other than that, I thought you know he he definitely skated and competed right till the end of the game, and um, you know he wanted to to do better for the team in the third period, and that was obviously a great sign to see him competing like that. But uh, again, you know he's part of the team too, so we can't be satisfied with uh, how we played tonight.
2: I don't know goals on the power play, but what did you think of the first game with Kevin Korchinski at the point?
1: I thought we had a little bit of uh, uh, something going on the power play. I think shooting the puck a little bit more, I think, would have been uh, my preference. I know Kershev did a little bit. Uh, we saw a little bit from the point, uh, and uh, that helps. I, I, I thought the breakouts, other than one at the end in the third period, uh, were pretty smooth. So that's a good sign for the first uh, night with the new uh, with the new units.
5: Any
3: other individual performances that maybe stand out without the team result being there to you?
1: Uh, I think, you know what I mean, like, uh, we, we just, uh, it was more of, of the team effort, I think, that we didn't play the proper way. Uh, playing well, you know what I mean, it's hard to pick, uh, you know, a game like this to say anybody played well. You know, Kershie's been playing well. Uh, but I, I, I think just the that period, that period of a hole in the third period, uh, back to just the basics. And, um, you know, I mean, in China, hopefully that resets us. And that, and sometimes that's all it takes, but we got a lot of work ahead of us.
2: Well, first off, kudos to the TV broadcast crew. Chris Vosters and Kaylee Cellio's playing the role of the media scrum after this one is uh, no media traveled for this one. You can kind of understand a quick one-and-done in Columbus the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, sometimes that's just what happens. Um, obviously, the main thing to take away from that, comment from Luke Richardson is Corey Perry being a healthy scratch. Uh, from the 708 area code, I personally think they might have sat Perry to make a statement to the team after Perry had an awful game last season. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200, you can call or you can text. Yes, I agree, but it it is interesting to see A statement being made on Corey Perry when plenty of other players have had a rough game. Plenty of other veterans have had a rough game. And there hasn't been a statement to be made by putting them as a healthy scratch. Now, here's the thing. I do think that maybe Corey Perry can be in on this decision. He seems like a pretty down-to-earth, laid-back guy. Off the ice, I should say. It sounds like he's got two totally different personalities on the ice and off the ice. And obviously he was brought in because Luke Richardson liked him so much and uh, thought he would be a good fit on this team. So whether or not this was a statement situation by Luke Richardson, I think Corey Perry might have known that that was the situation and just be like, yeah, okay, I get it. I understand what you're trying to build here. If Corey Perry is not in it, I think he still understands what Luke Richardson is doing by that and just kind of showing the younger players on this team, hey, it doesn't matter who you are, if you don't do your job, you're going to sit. There's enough guys fighting for time right now. And I'm trying to think of, I know Luke Richardson doesn't play favorites, but I'm trying to think of who he was favoring more in terms of the offense or the defense lately and maybe rewarding the defense uh, by saying that, um, give more of them some playing time by going with seven defensemen and 11 forwards um, because a guy on the offense didn't really pull through. Um, the only other possibility, which I, I don't know how true it is or not, I have no behind-the-scenes uh, sources whatsoever. It sounds like John Scott said this on the television broadcast side of things too, that maybe something happened behind the scenes, resulting in a Corey Perry sitting. But he was just signing autographs for kids after practice yesterday. I I don't think it's anything earth-shattering like that, but I'm just trying to lay out everything that might be a possibility. And, uh, yeah, I could see a situation, a world where Luke Richardson's like, hey, I got to shake some things up. Unfortunately, you'll be a casualty of this, but it's not necessarily – a reflection on your poor perform- performance in one game. Because Corey Perry's had a very solid year. Uh, the last game against Buffalo wasn't the greatest, but that doesn't mean that um, it, it it has to result in an immediate healthy scratch for a guy like Corey Perry. Um, because that that wouldn't add up in my eyes. But if, if if that's the situation, if that's the approach that Luke wants to take, then okay, if, if John from Oswego... Um, who was just calling out the coaching staff for not being as engaging enough with this team, I think that's being pretty engaging right there, Um, whether Corey Perry's in on it or not. I mean, I think that's a pretty bold move uh, by Luke Richardson and the coaching staff. And actually, he said an organizational decision. So who knows? Maybe this was Luke Richardson's decision or idea, and he brought it up with upper management, who agreed, or maybe vice versa. Either way, it happened Everyone agreed on it, so at least the transparency, the communication there still seems to be pretty seamless. That's a good sign. And uh, th- the only unfortunate thing that comes from it is it didn't really work, right? So I imagine we'll see Corey Perry against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I actually think that would be the smart move to put him back in the lineup, but hopefully it does get the message sent to some other guys. I, I know I got people on Twitter and texting in, and again, 312-981-7200, phone lines are open. Um clamoring for Colton Dock or Cole Gutman to be brought up. I'm not going to say that's a bad idea, or or that that shouldn't happen at least. I'm not going to say that shouldn't happen because I I get it. I get you're looking for still another spark, and you're looking for something just to kind of kick this thing in motion a little bit more aggressively. And let's not also put aside the fact that we came away from Sunday's game against Buffalo saying you know, they played pretty even with the Sabres. They just came up short. But there's such a big difference with winning and losing hockey games that we do have to look at mainly the negative side of it because now it is five straight losses. Tonight was nowhere near a response you were looking for. Now, unfortunately, we have to use that response motivation again on Friday against Toronto. But that doesn't diminish what we were talking about, how this team performed on Sunday against Buffalo. We've got more to get to. We're going to try to play some sound with Troy Murray and Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli that we were talking about a little bit in the pregame show and was uh, mentioned on the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, broadcast as well as Troy Murray got to sit down with a couple of the future stars of the NHL. We'll see what more we can get to. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or text Blackhawks postgame show after a 7-3 loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets on 720 WGN.
0: Stopping, fed the slot. Chinnikoff took it over to the left wing circle and races with the puck behind the Hawk net right corner to Wierenski, high slot long, wrist shot, he scores! Schellinger gets a piece of this. Just a shot from the point coming through, and Sillinger standing in front of the net redirects this one. Not much Mraza could do on this play. Cole Sillinger celebrates on his own as he realized he touches this one and heads to the corner. Columbus regains that three-goal cushion.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, that cannon was blowing off a lot last night, or rather tonight. Already want to move on to Thanksgiving. Seven goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets. That was the fourth. And then they shoot it off, I guess, before the game and then after a win. So nine cannon blasts from the Columbus Blue Jackets at nationwide arena tonight. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks Postgame Show. We're on until 930. If you'd like to join us, 312 981 7200 So the Hawks fall a rough one to the Columbus Blue Jackets, seven to three. I do want to get on that sound with Troy Murray, Adam Fantilli, and Connor Bedard in just a moment. But kind of going back to what we were talking about in the last segment, again, Luke Richardson letting the media know that Corey Perry was a healthy scratch tonight. That's why he was out of the lineup, and that's why the Hawks ended up going seven defensemen and 11 forwards. We broke it down a moment ago saying that Corey Perry did not have the best game. On Sunday against the Buffalo Sabers, however, that was probably his only bad game of the year. So to see him be a healthy scratch could be a statement where Luke Richardson is just trying to let the entire team know that hey, it doesn't matter who you are if you're not doing your job, you could be sit, sat, whatever the proper term is. Um, And maybe Corey Perry understands that he's been around the block. He's on numerous amounts of teams he's he's a veteran he understands that sometimes a coach has to do something like that to shake things up I will say though the fact to do it in a game where they do go to seven defensemen and 11 forwards and who knows maybe that was a strategical move as well It it is a little interesting to me that that's the route that Luke went I know I asked Troy about how much that was a factor tonight, and he said teams do it all the time. you got to be ready for that. you still got to play your game. Yes, I, I get that. And maybe, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, maybe Luke is just thinking, okay, if we shake things up so much, because clearly they're having trouble getting chemistry on lines right now. They're just trying to see what works. Maybe if we're rotating guys so much, guys will just be solely focused on their individual role and their individual responsibility, and they won't worry about, oh, how am I, I going to click with this guy? How am I going to click with that guy? And there's just so much um, unfamiliarity going on that it can work in their favor. Maybe that's why he went with the healthy scratch now. So I'm not quite sure, but, um, again, that's that's the information we do have. Troy Murray got to sit down with Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, and the Columbus Blue Jackets color analyst as well. Let's hear a little bit from that interview with some of the future stars of the NHL and our own Troy Murray.
1: Hi, I'm Jody Shelley of Bally Sports. I'm with Troy Murray, Connor Bedard from the Chicago Blackhawks, and Adam Fantilli of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Two pretty high picks here. And Troy, you're our guest, so I'm going to give you the first question.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on, Jody. Um, first of all, I mean, how's your experience been so far to start you guys' NHL career? I mean, I know there's so much excitement for you guys coming into it. What's the experience been like so far?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been so far everything you can ask for and more. I mean, uh, just how we get treated and kind of lifestyle you, you get to live, and um, you know, I feel pretty grateful for that. And obviously, on the ice, it's been a lot of fun going against the best players in the world and and playing with the guys, the guys you're playing with, so it's been it's been a blast so far. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's been a blast just every
6: night going against guys that you watched growing up, and um, like the lifestyle's a big change, but it's a lot of fun. You're always with the guys, you're always having fun, so um, it's been a lot of adjustments, but I think it's been a great
5: time. What's been the best part about the lifestyle? The plane, the hotels, the meals, what is it? Probably all of that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I think you get on a plane, and you're getting... Uh, you know, pretty good meal, and uh, maybe you're not used to that, so I remember the first time First time getting on is uh, pretty special, so um, yeah, like I said before, we're, we're treated pretty well, and, and we're pretty lucky.
0: You guys took different paths to the NHL. I was uh, a collegiate player, J- Jody was a junior player. Uh, what was the decision for you in in taking that pass, playing with Chicago Steel, and then heading to Michigan?
6: Yeah, uh, like I said before, uh, I'm on a late birthday, so I would have had that three years, and, and in juniors before being eligible and then um, at the time like it seemed like a tall task to be able to, to make the NHL at, at 18 so I would have to go back and, and play my fourth year uh, against 16 year olds coming in and I just figured like if I was able to play with the Steel who had a great development plan there and, and then go to college if I wasn't able to make that jump I would have been able to go back and play against 21, 22, 23 year old men and uh, try to continue my development and just ready myself uh, the most I could so Was it a tough to the decision the to leave school? Yeah absolutely i uh, i paid my lease and everything i was i was ready to go back and then um i don't know it just seemed like a great fit to come here
5: yeah i think for me it was pretty young when the decision was made obviously being able to, to play a year early i think that was something and kind of growing up you know you, you look up. we had a team obviously in vancouver the giants went to some games when i was younger so i think that played into it and then it just seemed like a good fit for me and um you know obviously getting to go to Regina was great i learned a lot there and um Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. What's been the biggest uh, surprise or adjustment
1: for you guys compared to junior and university? For
6: me, it's probably, like, the games. And college, we only played on Fridays and Saturdays, so, like, the road trips and and playing every other night or or back-to-backs and and flying everywhere, that's probably been the biggest adjustment for me. And obviously the play, it's the best league in the world, so you're changing the way you play just, just a little bit.
0: What advice do they give you? to change your habits maybe because of the travel schedule and the late nights and you know the different hotels compared to college which weekend friday saturday and and that's it
6: just get your rest sleep treat your body the best you can um eat right Uh, you're pretty much trying to get your recovery in as much as possible wherever you can after practices after games um yeah you just kind of got to roll with it make sure your body's not getting worn down you're warming up properly you're cooling down properly it's more just taking care of your body because that's kind of your job now how about you
5: i don't know i mean just the players are so good and obviously you know that coming in but actually playing the games everyone's always in the right spot and i think like adam said just learning and changing your game a little bit adjusting it something you got to do but that's that's a lot of fun is having those challenges and kind of you know if you're watching your own games kind of seeing where you can you can change get better and yeah i think that's been something I've, i've looked at but it's been been fun to do
2: I got a big thanks to Bally Sports Ohio for that interview with Jody Shelley, our own Troy Murray, Conor Bedard, and Adam Fantilli. We got one more break, but really quick, we got to go to Andy, who's uh, got some heated thoughts after this Blackhawks loss about who the Hawks, you're looking for a new coach already, Andy?
7: Yeah, I'm ready to change the underwear of the coach. You're gonna If you're going to set down a veteran because he had an off day, that's a problem. How are you going to get them to get going? And what I look at is you bring in Nick, you bring in the other guys. These guys are a core to bring up the other guys. The other thing is, Seth Jones, ever since you got that contract, you need to go. You need to sit down or sit with somebody to learn how to play defense. And then here's another thing. Bring in Corey Crawford to help Jimmy Wait to help Arvid to stay in the net. You stay in the net, even Pietro. Stay in the net, you will save most of the goals. I was there last year in New Jersey. They cut out, and they just do wraparounds. That's how they lost the game. Okay. So uh, uh, I'm dropping like three $400 for a $300 seat, 300 seat, and I had 30 years. So they need a heart transplant, and I would bring in, if Davidson would wake up, or uh, everybody wake up, my coach, just like they did Savard, bring in Taze. Okay. Taze, take over the team.
2: Okay. All right. A lot, lot of heavy thoughts there. Andy, uh, be safe. Have a good Thanksgiving. That's my heart and soul to the team. They need to get their head out of their butts. Okay. And play hockey hard. All right, Andy. you Joe, for taking the call. All right, Andy. Thanks for chiming in, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. And drive safe or just be safe. Uh, we'll take one more break, and then we'll wrap things up. Get you set up for the Hawks' next game against Toronto on Friday. Blackhawks post-game show, 720 WGN.
0: Blocked by a sprawling Morgan
1: Riley, and he'll push it ahead. Nylander starting out with Tavares. Nylander working in on the left wing. Nylander driving the net, and up-goal, scores! back it on Willie! have a trip to sweden the leafs winning it in
2: all overtime, time and the streak continues and the leaf streak continues that's a great call by Joe Bowen of Sportsnet, and that is the Blackhawks' next game. Our next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. The Toronto Maple Leafs at the United Center, Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock on Black Friday, pregame show at 1230 here on 720 WGN. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitgo. When you start with Sitgo, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we got here at the WGN studios. Big thanks to all the help out at Nationwide Arena. John and Troy had the call. I'm Joe Brand. Steve Ruxton As your news next. After that, it's John Landecker. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday.